Ave Maria, grazia plena, Dominus Tecum. Welcome back to another episode of the Red Text Podcast. I'm your co-host, Rai, a.k.a. The Mestizo Mystic. And my name is Voga. I am Voga Ilumicente on Instagram. <sighs> Rai, how are you? I'm good. I feel like I'm doing so much more engaging in my spiritual and religious practices in the recent months, uh, especially just due in part to all the, the growth and transformation I'm going through because of school and in and training to be a therapist and all that, but um, I've been just been doing so much magic lately. And I uh, yesterday and today I reread uh, the two books by City Alchemist, the Magia Magia Invoking Mexican Magic and Blood of Brujeria, and it's probably my third time rereading them. And I always just like glean new information or new gems that I just forgot after I closed the book. So this time throughout rereading, I was dog. Uh, what's it called dog earring? what's it called when you fold the corner of a book dog Dog ear Mm -hmm. yeah so i've been like giving dog ears to the pages which i i used to think was so sacrilegious but now i'm like no my adhd brain i'm like if i need to remember something seeing that there's a mark and flipping back to that page is gonna help me but um so i've been rereading those books and they're fantastic and it's just inspiring more to do more magic and do more magia and brujeria um and so that's that's been really nice and i'm just really excited for what our topic is today because it just falls in line with a lot of what I've been doing personally, both for myself and within my spiritual religious practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I've been good. We're, we're bracing for a huge winter storm that's about to hit the Bay Area for the rest of the week. So that's going to be a doozy. But um, other than that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You know, I really, I'm a, I'm a strong advocate for picking up books, fundamental books mm-hmm. again. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many, how many fundamental books I have on my shelf that I have picked up and I've, um, that I've, uh, gained new insight because of the growth that I, you know, the perspective changes. Like when you, when you practice for a certain amount of time and you, you pick up a book that, you know, there's like a little snippet of, uh, of a book that you maybe forgot about, you know, that something that you, you didn't forget about that is, you know, an integral part of your practice, but you approach it in a different way now, or you see it differently just because of, um, just because of shifted perspective from an experience and experience, the the more you gain your experience, the more you can look back at something and realize, Oh, now I see why they're choosing those ingredients. Oh, now I see why they're recommending those days and times. Cause when I first read these two books, I don't think I really was aware of or knowledgeable of like planetary days and hours and throughout both Mahia Mahia and Blood of Brujeria, they're like, Oh, you're going to want to do this on a Friday or a Saturday or mm. during dawn or dusk. And I was like, huh, I wonder why. And then, you know, now I've learned about planetary days and magic and hours. And I see now why they chose those specific days and timings. And it's just, yeah, it's like you said, fundamentals are so important. And I think that throughout your entire craft from beginning to end, revisiting the basics is so important because you'll you'll see why things are certain done a certain way or recommended a certain way 
or you just might glean over a piece of information that you like forgot about that you can reincorporate into your craft and remember that just because it's something quote unquote basic doesn't mean it's easy or that you never need to use it once you become more intermediate or adept in your craft. Just because it's mm -hmm. basic doesn't mean it's useless. Um, like basic things can still prove extremely useful later on down oh, the road no. in your craft. Oh yeah. For just the basics really do. Um, they are, I mean, that's why they call it fundamentals. They, that's why they call mm -hmm. them foundations. They are the foundations of your practice and um, you know, revisiting your foundations and, your, your the fundamentals of magic i i think are extremely important because there's still something to learn there um yeah. you know there are missed opportunities that i think that you should be aware of and you know that's something that i haven't done in a very long time so i think it's a really good idea for me to pick up uh an old book and see if i can pick you know i haven't i haven't read um american brujeria in a very long time so maybe i should pick that up again um that was a big big um that book was a catalyst to um, my practice in a lot of ways. Um, so I'm, I, I, I should probably pick up that book again and see if I can um, pick something else up and incorporate into my practice a little bit more. Absolutely. Uh, but aside from talking about fundamentals and shit, how have you been? I've been okay. It's, um, it's kind of weird. Uh, I, I just, uh, for some reason, when I, um, going into this week, I, I went to work on Monday and I don't know, for some reason, I just felt like it was just going to be one of those weeks. Not necessarily a bad week, not necessarily a good week, just a week, you know, a just, week. just, yeah, I'm going to have to be navigating certain things this week. And I, I had a feeling that, um, there were going to be some things that I was just going to have to navigate basically. Um, I just felt like it was going to be a long week and I was right. <laughs> um, like the first three days of this week have been the longest, like three weeks of this, of this month. Like, I feel like it's been so like, it just, oh God, I, I'm really busy, which I'm really happy about. Like I'm working a lot, um, not just magically or like, you know, my side hustles as a, as a professional psychic mystic, which, but you know, also my, my day job, the things that pay, you know, the, the job that pays the bills, I'm working a lot. Like I'm working like 12 hour days. So like, it's good for me because like it really, I really do enjoy being busy and I enjoy working. Um, you know, it, it helps me stay very productive. Um, I like feeling like I'm being productive, you know, but there are also aspects of my, you know, just my everyday life, my routine that I'm not taking care of. Like I'm not, you know, actively eating well, like I'm just eating when I'm hungry and usually I forget to eat, you know, so I, I need to kind of incorporate, you know, self-care into my routine a little bit more, uh, a little bit better. Like the only part of my routine or my weekly routine that like really feels like self-care is when I sit down and do my makeup, you know, that's like the, the, that's a very therapeutic process for me is when I like sit down and do my makeup for the show, um, or, you know, going out or whatever. Um, but, you know, other things that are a lot, a lot more mundane, like actually makeup is actually starting to feel a lot uh, very mundane to me. Like I, I get sick of it sometimes, but like, you know, things like, you know, going to the grocery store and picking up food that's really good for me or going to the gym or taking a walk, you know, those things like I, I know I can make time for it. I just choose not to because I fill it with other things like um, editing videos or, you know, doing promos for the podcast or, you know, things like that, where I can put those things in different parts of my day. Um, and make, you know, time for things that are a little bit more constructive to my well-being. Um, and speaking of that, because I am so um, chronically, I'm not, I'm not chronically online by any means, but like um, recently 
Um, I have made the, um, we have made the video episodes of the podcast public um, on YouTube so that folks who need it have access to the closed captions because, I mean, I, I think that one of the, one of uh, having a podcast and a podcast within itself is, is truly a blessing. It's a really wonderful platform. But um, the thing that I was really concerned with was the fact that podcasts are um, really reserved for people who are able to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and not everyone is able to do that. Not everyone is able to listen to a podcast. Um, so I wanted to make sure that it was accessible to more people. So um, we have posted the YouTube um, and the videos that I have that we have available. Um, I keep saying I, I'm so sorry. I'm, it's only because I edited the videos. So that's why I keep saying I, but it's we, us. Um, we have made the the videos public on YouTube so that people have um, access to the closed captions if they want to consume our content. But with that said, <laughs> because it is now public, um, God, YouTube is really a different monster. Um, the folks on YouTube just truly are, they're, 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 they're really they really have opinions, you know, and I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I appreciate it to, to an extent because part of community as to what Rye was uh, mentioning to before we um, started recording was that we won't always agree with each other. Um, and I don't expect people to always agree with me. I don't think that's fair. Um, but uh, Rye, if you want, <laughs> there was a comment that stuck out to me um, with one of our episodes um that i think is an important um thing to just kind of bring up and just very briefly just talk about um so um would you like to do that <laughs> just really quick yes and i'm stoked because i specifically asked you not to read me the comment because i wanted to have a genuine <laughs> reaction during the episode so i am ready to hear it i'm not going to call it shit because i don't even know what's said and i'm always here for <laughs> things that make us yep. engage in discourse no 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 i i really it really isn't shit it's 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 a very i think it's a valid point and it's something that i just think we need to to, to talk about um but the comment reads it was on our spiritual bypassing episode and um, I think at one point we were talking about, um, you know, justice magic in some ways, like hexing and cursing. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the comments reads, um, I don't know, isn't the whole point of practicing Christian spirituality to learn to respond to negativity and evil with love? Not in the love and light kind of way, but in a Christian way where we acknowledge evil in the world develop new ways to respond to it why not just be a non-christian witch if you still want to curse enemies and laugh about it mary and christ have specific characteristics in christianity and even in folk practices so they 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 can't just become baneful just because we want them to be everyone is their child even people who hate us there's other traditions and spirits to follow if we want to do that kind of work Wow, there is a lot to unpack there, and we haven't even began to dive into the main topic of this episode yet. Um, so this might be there might be a little bit of a twenty minute um, 
conversation just to let you know so this conversation or this episode will be just a little bit longer but i just wanted to throw that out there as a response because we've already talked about this so um yeah go ahead i, I want to hear what you have to say first i have a lot of thoughts and to an extent i agree with them and that's why we identify as catholic witches because we operate on a continuum of both light and dark yes i agree that we should foster compassion for ourselves and for others to to learn how to tap into that flow of the unconditional love and mercy that Christ teaches us to have. And we also live in a world where evil and and we live in a world where evil and arrogance and anger and difficult emotions are often prevailing and taking a hold of people that prevent them from being able to experience, develop, and enact their own forms of compassion and love towards themselves and towards others. And it's it's really fascinating hearing this comment because in my last few sessions with my therapist, I've been talking about how I don't have an anger problem. I experience a lot of anger, but I never like enact it through yelling at anyone. I've never gotten physical with anyone or have been put in a situation where I had to get physical or or channel anger to something. But I experience a lot of anger as a queer trans person of color um, towards Snyder Marks, towards being misgendered and just towards general assholes I encounter on a daily basis. And for a long, long time of my life, I really believed in just maintaining my peace by not engaging with those type of people. That was my way of showing compassion to myself and others of, I'm just not going to engage with this person because there's no way for me to meet them where they're at. And there's no way for them to meet me where I am at, both Mm -hmm. emotionally and spiritually. Now I'm at a point in my life that for me, self-care, compassion, and love looks like this. If someone crossing down the street decides to look at me and call me a faggot, my form of self-care is looking at them and saying, fuck you, I am a faggot and I'm proud of it. And then continuing to walk about my day completely fine and happy because I'm choosing not to carry that energy with me. My my self-care is me enacting my anger by telling that person to fuck off. However that person carries my saying a fuck off is totally up to them, but I'm not going to allow that interaction to ruin my day. I might be shook a little bit, but I'm not going to carry that with me and hold that with me forever. Um, so my self-care is walking away from that interaction, not carrying that energy, but also still standing up for myself. Now, someone might argue, well, that's not very compassionate or loving or very Christ-like. And I would argue that it is because I spent so much of my life compartmentalizing my feelings and condensing myself to satisfy other people and other people's ideas of what I should be and should act like. And so by standing up for myself, I'm finally in a point in my life in which I actually love myself enough that I'm not going to let other people put me down. I'm not going to let other people's actions that are harmful towards me and others just slide by. In fact, I would say that's the opposite of self-love. That's that's in a way self-harm because you're just taking someone's blunt anger and dismay and not doing anything about it, whether that's for yourself or for other people. So sure, you can say that, oh, that's not very Christian of you. But personally, in my theological viewpoint of my embodiment as a Catholic, as a Catholic and Christian witch, I would say that me standing up for myself and telling someone to fuck off or even throwing hands if I have to is compassionate and is and is self-care because at the end of the day we got to do what we got to do 100 percent, i 100 percent agree with you um that was that was a, a lot of what you said was basically what i was going to say 
a, a big part of compassion and, and self-love is being able to protect myself. That is number one. I need to make sure that I am protecting myself and also protecting my community. That is a form of compassion and that is a form of love because I am protecting me and myself and my community first, especially with someone who wants to basically fight against it. Um, now, in regards to the whole belief system of you can't make Christ baneful, you can't make Mary baneful, based on what? Based on who? Based on whose opinion? Is it yours? Is it the church's? Or is it mine? My personal practice is my personal practice, and I I do incorporate curse work into my in my devotion work sometimes. Sometimes I don't. It depends. It depends on what I'm doing. And I've talked about this before. I don't work with the same spirits if they don't want me to do it with them. I have to, it, that's, that's the, the word of the century, discernment. You have to make sure you're paying attention to what your spirits are asking you and what you're asking your spirits and what they're consenting to. Second of all, us being on this platform, we have made it very, very clear that we are sharing our experiences, even though it sounds very teachy and very preachy. We're sharing our experience and the things that work for us. I trust, personally, I trust our audience to take whatever we say here, take it with them, and, you know, form opinions and practices that are reasonable to them. You do not have to take what we say and practice and incorporate it into, into your life. You really, truly don't. My opinion is my opinion, and it's based on the practice that I do, um, and it is sacred to me, and it is the grace that I'm providing is sharing it and hopefully providing some sort of assistance to someone who wants who needs help navigating it. Um, the idea of fighting fire with love, it doesn't always fucking work, and that's the point is that you do, you, I mean, folks do deserve the grace and the, the benefit of the doubt. They do, but it comes to a point to where they don't. And what are you going to do when they don't? What are you going to do when they don't? Are you going to sit on your hands and let them continue to do the things that they're doing and continue hurting people and continue saying the things that they're saying for the sake of what? For the sake of their narcissism, so they can continue to be narcissists? There is a line. And you're, you're entitled to, to fight against that if you choose to do so. And sometimes I choose to do so. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I couldn't care less. Sometimes I do, especially if it's really personal, especially if it's someone who I, who I trusted, someone who went out of their way to hurt me. Of course I will. Of course I will, because that is not going to happen again. So that, it, that goes into compassion and love in regards to protecting myself and my community. If someone comes over to me, as Rai has mentioned before, as a, as a queer, trans, um, queer, um, gender queer person of color, they come for me, they are going to come for someone else in my community. So my job is to, com is to protect me and protect my community. And I will mm -hmm. do that. I will do that by any means necessary and anything that I'm able to do, I will do it. So what I think that conversation needs to be is you, we, we need to deconstruct what you define as negativity and evil, because that is, those, those are also two very, very loaded words. How do you see those, those two words? What is, what does that look like to you? 
Mm-hmm. That's completely subjective. It's very subjective. Um, and you also need to, um, you also have to dictate what you define as compassion and love. That's also very subjective. So, like I said, the opinions that are said on this podcast, if you don't agree with them, I respect that. I really do respect that. Um, it's not, I'm, I'm not here to, to tell people this is the way you're supposed to do it. Far be it from me to ever say that. Um, I am in no place to ever say anything like that. Um, but yeah, I think that there is, there is a, there's a certain air of, um, of, um, spiritual bypassing (laughs) that we need to, we need to avoid because both like what we said in that episode is that both exist at the same time. Mm -hmm. The light and the love exists with, and the light and love exists within the dark and you need to be able to navigate both. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. I, uh, for one of my classes, one of the readings was from bell hooks, book all about love, which I've yet to finish, but it's a profound book that, um, constantly hearing great reviews about and in the very first chapter it's either the introduction or the chapter thereafter where bell hooks is talking about how how can we understand love when each person has their own subjective independent views and translations of what love or sorry how each person has their own views and definitions of what love means to them and she offered up this one definition of love that she had got from a a different author whose name i'm I'm forgetting right now, but the definition of love was that um, it was the ability to nurture one's own spiritual growth and other people's spiritual growth. And so when you view love with that definition, it like completely changed the way that I view love just in the coming weeks since I've read that definition and, and putting that perspective on this conversation that we're having, right? Like I'm nurturing my spiritual growth by standing up for myself. That's loving myself, even though it doesn't look like what another person's definition of love might look like, which is unconditional compassion even in the face of evil and and arrogance and harmful comments my definition of love through this one offered through bell hooks in a different context of me saying telling someone to fuck off that's that's nurturing my spiritual growth because i'm i'm healthily in my perspective finally finding a way to channel anger instead of compartmentalizing it and and channeling that towards another person and that curse could end there that that quite literal cursing of just saying fuck you could end there and it could extend into how you were talking about Voga of building that compassion by then protecting others in my community. If I'm cursing or doing justice work or a binding even on a person that I know or have a very strong intuition is going to perpetuate harm against other marginalized and oppressed communities like those that we are a part of, then that's where the compassion is for me because I'm preventing, in my view, using magic to prevent this person from causing harm to others. And that to me is love because that's nurturing my spiritual growth and protecting the spiritual growth of other marginalized and oppressed individuals. And, you know, also at the, at the, the, the other side of it, it also negates nuance and cultural context. There are folks who practice within folk in, within a, a folk of Catholic umbrella who, who do these things, <laughs> who do those things, who don't even identify as witches. They do these things. They do curse work. They do, they do, um, you know, hexes. Like they happen all the time. They curse saints. Like when we talk about, or they, they, you know, they don't curse saints, but like they, they punish Punish saints. You know, it's not, it's, this is not a, um, this is not a, um, 
This is a very fluid conversation. It's a very, and uh, you know, a lot of people are going to have different opinions in regards to what is right and what is wrong. What is right and what is wrong is subjective. You can't, you can't put it in a box and assume just because Christian doctrine that has been, you know, perpetuated for, for centuries is going to, you know, it's going to fit in everyone else's fingerprint. Like everyone is going to have a different kind of way of practicing. And it, it, it is no one's place to say that it is the right way or the wrong way to do it. It, it, it is it's just it just isn't it's not it's not the way personally i see it and i don't think it's the way that other folks should see it if we want to be empathetic empathetic um you know spiritual practitioners then we want to try to be as you know try to include as much cultural context and nuance as possible because it's not going to look the same we 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 do create you know just inherently these you know, boxes that we build for ourselves because, you know, our practice kind of just reflects ourselves. But it's also really important to understand that that's not how it exists all the time with everyone. You know, those, you know, people see and practice and do different things in different parts of the world because morals and ethics and and values are different. They just, people see the world differently. And those things are, you know, they're not, they're not concrete. They're not rigid. Yeah. They're very fluid. I don't know why, but the image of like the Westboro Baptist Church is popping to mind right now and how like <laughs> appalled, Gross. how I know, right? I like want to like get a sponge and scrub my brain, but like how appalled Christ would be if he were to appear on earth right now, reincarnate in a new body and see what they're spewing in the name of Christ. Like you're telling me that God wants people to go on the streets with signs that say God hates fags. <laughs> and he's going to be proud of those people and call them real Christians? Absolutely not. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that. Do you remember that meme that was circulating maybe like, I don't know, like 10 years ago? Maybe. I don't even know if it was that long ago. But it was um, Jonathan Van Ness and um, AOC and they're walking down the hall. And you know how like Jonathan Van Ness kind of looks like Jesus? So it's kind of like, yeah. it, it's like the meme that says, all right, it was like them walking down the hall and, and Jonathan Van Ness was like, all right, tell them what they said. I said they were like tell. Um, it was like um, uh, what did this, what was it like AOC saying like oh no, it was like Jesus, um, going up to like the church or something. I was like, tell me what they said. I said or whatever like that. And it's like that's what it reminds me of. And she's like in this like full garb, like this chiffon dress, and then like gorgeous hair and like this beautiful brown beard. Like she's so stunning. I love Jonathan Venez. They are one of the most like ethereal beings. They must be protected at all costs. Uh, do you know beautiful who Jonathan Venez is? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, from um, Queer Eye. God, what's the name? Queer Eye. Queer that's Eye, right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, there's, like, oh, God, great hair. But that oh, that's what it reminds hair. me of. Yeah, I love their hair. Their hair is so stunning. Um, so yeah, okay, great. I just wanted to just touch on that. I think it's important for us to respond to um, criticism. I think that is mm -hmm. uh, an important thing for us. And like I said, we we do not expect everyone to agree with us please if you have something to say please do like we encourage discourse like that is something that we and we we're putting ourselves on a public platform let us know if there's something that you want us to talk about um but yeah anyways oh my gosh let's let's um let's lighten it up a little bit half an hour later and we haven't even touched on the main topic oh my god literally <laughs> 30 minutes later. well actually actually it kind of segues because what we're going to be talking about is consecration and yeah you know me and my like what's the word i was going to look for 
Whole... academic self of just like mm. loving to find definitions and so oh i was about to we... say i already pulled it up just in case but i knew oh, I, I don't even know what i was so thinking. I. I don't even um, know what i was thinking well because i i know consecration may be a word that not a lot of people are either one familiar with or two may have misconstrued the the idea of what consecration is and what it means and so when i simply looked up consecration on google from the Oxford Dictionary, it's described as or defined as the action of making or declaring something, typically a church, sacred. Um, and then in Christian belief, the action of declaring bread and wine to be or represent the body and blood of Christ. So that's their way of defining it in the Christian belief. But generally, consecration is defined as the action of making or declaring something sacred. And then what exactly is sacred or holy defined as? And I looked that up, um, specifically the word holy as an adjective, and that is defined as dedicated or consecrated to God or a religious purpose or sacred. And it just makes me think of something that transpired this last school weekend of mine. Um, my professor, as we were closing out class, she asked us to either say one word or phrase um, as we're checking out and, and to make a shape. And I remember after events that transpired in class, um, my phrase was that rage is sacred and rage is holy. And then I just like stuck my middle fingers up and she was just like, amen, amen. And other people were just like <laughs> nodding and snapping in agreement. And that I consider rage holy and sacred because again, when we talk about spiritual bypassing and light and dark, whether that's embracing one and neglecting the other um, or vice versa, like, Anger is important because we we generally tend to hear anger as a secondary emotion, right? Like there's always something underlying anger um, or the difference between anger and rage and this, that, and the third. But um, yeah, because we're talking about consecration, I wanted to define that and I wanted to define even what holy means because that can also be very subjective and it really all ties into kind of what we just spent the last half hour talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, there are things that I consider to be holy, um, it just colloquially, like it's not even just something that it's actually consecrated. Like, I think that, um, I think Beyonce is holy. Um, <laughs> I, I think that Gaga is holy. I think that Versace is holy. Gay, um, gay, gay, gay. <laughs> I think I think that um, you know those are, but it's it's it, you know going you know if we want to really dive into it's something that's really important to you that you actually do incorporate into your life and on a regular basis. Um, but if you want to talk about something that is um, actually holy, something that is actually consecrated, um, so many things like that is such a broad term to me in regards to the things that I've done in regards to consecration, right? Um, because there are things that on a fly I've consecrated just on a fly. You know, there were times where um, a, a friend of mine is going through a hard time. So I took a, I took a, a cord and I consecrated it and I tied some knots into it and I had them wear it around their neck um, as a way of, um, you know, incorporating some, some knot magic into it. And it was, it was a really wonderful um, uh, way to uh, one, it kind of worked as a magnet to absorb um, anything that was, um, bothering them. And then I told them to cut it and like burn it. Um, so I can before I even had the, had them use the, the cord, I, I went through my whole, my own consecration process, my own consecration ritual where I cleansed it and I blessed it in some way. Um, what you were talking about in regards to that, that, um, that, uh, what do you call it? Definition. 
how it mentioned uh, transubstantiation, which within itself is is a consecration of the of the host of the um, the bread and the wine, um, which in my own way I've done myself. Um, I've blessed, you know, items, amulets. Um, one of my favorite things that I've consecrated are my wigs, um, and I I know a lot of people have have um, have really. Um, I don't know. They they they've really like that's queer. That's 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 queer magic. That is. Wait, queer. speak more on that. Like I I want to know more about your consecrated wigs. My wigs are cons- my my wigs are consecrated and enchanted. I use them as veils. My oh, wigs are I veils. I love that. Oh wow! I never even considered that. Mm-hmm. So I um like this this wig right here. This this is my this is like my <laughs> this is my podcast wig. Um, <laughs> I have a I have a podcast wig and I have like a going out wig. Um uh my my going out wig is newer. Oh and she's ooh she's so pretty. She's 32 inches. She is stick straight. Oh, she is so stunning. Uh-huh. But when I got it, when I got it she was a little too thin for me like she wasn't as dense as i wanted it because like okay mm. like it, it comes in like different densities you can get like 150 percent 180 percent like 230 percent i usually go between like 180 to 230 i like them really thick and really kind of like you know very um veiny and i'm just kidding i like them really th- <laughs> no you're not thick and luscious you know i like them really you know voluminous you know no, voluminous is not a word. Voluminous. There you go. I want them very voluminous. So I bought like, um, like a pack of extensions that like were the same length and the same color and all these things. So I had this idea. I was like, okay, so I don't have to just use this as a veil. I can actually incorporate not magic into my wig now, because I have to sew the wefts into the wig. So every single, every single, like stitch that I use to, to um to uh to attach the wefts into the into the the cap what is that weft yeah it's like the it's like a the like the um it's like a the track right there's like a track at the top that has that's attached to the hair it's what holds the hair together like the whole thing is a weft a weft of hair okay yeah so like the the piece is a weft got it have you ever seen a hair extension before Yes. Yeah. So you know how like there's like a there's like it's like sewn at the right. top and then all of its hair. So like the whole thing is a weft, a weft of hair. Okay, got it. So I was sewing the wefts of hair into the cap, into the wig, into the to the actual unit, and I in every single every single stitch was was an incantation, and I used my wig as a veil. That's beautiful. That's yeah. oh, that's so fucking queer. I love it. It's it's. I, I think it's like the epitome of queer magic. Honestly, absolutely. Is enchanting is enchanting your wig and using it as a veil. Are you joking? Yeah. Come on. Um, I'm wearing my favorite veil. This is like a sage green one that I have. Yeah, you've been failing a lot. I've been. I've been. I noticed oh, that twenty four seven always veiling. You always have something around your head. I love it. Mm-hmm. You've um. Where uh, can you like? Exp- I know that you know. We've talked about um. You know, just in in passing, veiling. We talked about it mm-hmm. in the um. Well, very, very briefly, I think when we talked to um, Frankie um, on our folk, um, folk Italian magic or Italian folk magic episode, when mm-hmm. they were talking about veiling, I think we were talking about it. Um, but yeah, so to tell, tell me about, um, you know, the process of consecrating your veils and actually using them as, as, you know, protection. 
Yeah, I haven't like done like a formal consecration on each one. It's more so just when I'm wrapping my head, I do it with intention um, and not even like spoken word or anything like that. It's just holding the intention within my mind and heart of like why I'm putting it on. And it's cool because like I do it both for superficial mundane reasons as well as the spiritual reasons. So like I'm growing my hair out. I haven't cut my hair since like middle of December because I, I want to grow all of it out rather than just the top. And so obviously it's hard to style and I don't like the way it looks. And so I get to cover that up and not worry oh, about it. Sure worry about vanity which also is like a subset of like the deadly sin of um what is it pride i think it was pride that i'd read where like vanity is underneath that and so in a way it's like doing it for modesty which is a spiritual and religious purpose as well as mundane of just like not having to worry about styling it and then um for me also, it's like, I just notice so much more grounding as I wear them. Cause I mean, you know, when we think of our head and I don't really work with chakras cause it's just so mm. westernized and appropriated, but like we do have like an energy center right above our head, like that connects our crown to like the heavens and energies around us. Mm -hmm. And so I've just noticed when I wrap my head with the intention of protecting it and only allowing the energies and spirits of which I intentionally invite to go in and out of that kind of energetic communication and field mm -hmm. um that i just feel a lot more grounded even especially when i'm in public places or like in an elevator just going out and about in general and and i don't unwrap it when i'm reading either because again i i have it set for that intention that if i'm communicating with with someone's spiritual court like today i was giving one of my coworkers a tarot reading and i just you know i i close my eyes and set the intention that her spirits in court will talk to me about whatever they need to reveal to her so i don't need to unveil because i'm giving permission to those other spirits and entities um and it just feels it just feels really nice and like i get so many compliments because it's even though it looks silk it's just polyester because it's from amazon because you know i don't got silk money how dare but... you are you blending are you blending fabrics how dare you oh i'm breaking that one dumbass law of Leviticus, <laughs> huh? yeah um yeah i love i love veiling it's so it's so first of all it's very effective and it's so fucking easy to do so um, easy it's so easy to do and it's it's very 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 effective and it's also it's just it just looks so goddamn good it looks so damn good um even though we do it very differently i think it's just it's just um it looks just so good yeah and you um, can even make it even more uh incognito i guess or inconspicuous is the word i'm looking for of just like you can do it with anything like it yeah. can be a headband it doesn't even mm -hmm. have to be your whole head it can be a, a hat or a beanie sure um you know, being a Libra rising, I'm also very much about aesthetic. So I, I really like kind of the headscarf look. Um, and uh, I guess a small win or a big win in my view was uh, I submitted a religious accommodation form to HR at my job so that I am able to veil um, also at work because my since I work in a corporate setting that part of our HR dress code policy is that you can't wear things over your head or hats unless it's for religious purposes, which still need to get approved, which I think is bullshit. But um I got the HR approval finally. I just found out because I was out of work all week long yes, last week. So I got that approved. So now I can wear it comfortably at work. And it's so interesting because like I work in banking. And so when customers walk in and see me wearing like what they would consider to be a bandana um, and I have a septum and I just, you know, I have all my jewelry. So already like I try as much as I can to break like the quote unquote professional dress code and still maintain my personal aesthetic. 100%. Um, it's just funny to see people walk in who don't expect that kind of aesthetic on someone who works at a bank and kind of like giving me like the tilted head and side eye. But I'm like, yeah, bitch, I'm here. This is HR proof. <laughs> so what are you going to do about it? Right, right. I love that though. I love I love pushing the boundaries in regards to corporate America and hell yeah, just showing up as authentic as you possibly can without losing your job because I do that too. Yeah, but also I wear a mask at work. I have to. Um, so like my piercings and all that is always covered usually. Um, but this is always really fun. My, <laughs> my pentacle is always really fun when like it's, I usually keep it under my, 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 my shirt. Um, mm -hmm. Cause 
like having this is definitely um like having dangly necklaces is very against the dress code because it's a safety issue um right because i work in healthcare so i have to tuck it in it's 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 definitely a safety issue when i have like dangly anything because it could get, get caught on someone's g-tube or whatever um mm-hmm. or it could hit someone in the face when i'm doing a transfer or whatever you know what i mean so like i have to get but sometimes it slips out and they're like are you a satanist and i'm like yes i am, <laughs> yes, I am. um uh no i never do i actually never do i was like actually no it was a gift i have no idea what it means um so i always do that i always bypass those conversations love that excuse yeah i always bypass those conversations where they're just like that's the devil's sign i'm just like is it oh my gosh my mother gave it to me um my mother would never (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i mean just going back into like enchanting things that you actually I, i enchant my lipstick i use it to to um to speak my truth i always wear lipstick when i'm on the podcast um mm-hmm. i always wear something on my lips even even fucking aquaphor would work very effectively you can enchant your Ugh, your love aquaphor it's the best and it's also the best it's also dermatologist um recommended chapstick is mm-hmm. garbage chapstick is mm-hmm. absolute garbage they prefer most you. lip balms just like dry your lips out and yeah because they want you to more. use it more yeah they want mm-hmm. you to use it more aquaphor is the best it is the absolute best and the one Oh my god! I almost—I just choked on my spit. Um, this Cute. is God telling me to shut the fuck up. Um, the—the one that is an actual chapstick that you like roll up, like you actually twist and you roll up, not the actual, mm-hmm. not the tube that has like the the like petroleum the jelly. jelly. Yeah, yeah. The actual tube that has like the solid aquifer is like the mm-hmm. most like rare thing that you can find. So anytime I see it at the drugstore, I always buy like three packs of it because it's so hard to find. That's so funny. When I was reading about that online, I found that people prefer the tube version over the, or I'm sorry, like the like the large tube version versus like the chapstick version. I always have a, a, a huge tube of it because it never expires. I heard it like it lasts forever. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, I use it for my tattoos if I ever get one. But um it's like it leaves like this residue on your lips, um, and also you can't put on your you can't put that shit on your lips when you're wearing lipstick because the lipstick just slides off. So I I, mm-hmm. I rarely use it, but I use it on like dry skin. I use it to um. Do you know what slugging is? We're literally going way off topic. Do you know what slugging is? I do, and I heard it's not great for people who have acne prone skin, which I was or is a person. I haven't had acne since I stopped Accutane, which God bless. But um, I don't want to risk it. So oh, for those who are listening so who are acne prone, don't be careful about slugging. Well, ask your fucking dermatologist. I didn't ask my dermatologist, but I did it anyway, and it worked. Um, because I have combination skin, and I'm not super acne prone. I do, I do get really oily um but it works wonders so if you can if you if your dermatologist is telling you because it's it, slugging is actually recommended by some dermatologists depending on your skin type mm-hmm. ask your dermatologist because slugging really works and i use aquifer to slug it's nice. it's amazing it's amazing anyways oh my oh god, god. So 40 minutes in and we still have barely covered the main topic <laughs> yeah i'm so sorry y'all i'm like i'm like on a i haven't I've been working like crazy, so I haven't been able to talk to anybody in regards. I haven't seen Franny in days, so like I haven't been able to talk about this shit for a long time. I haven't been able to be queer in a really while, in, in, in a couple of days. So, <laughs> um, but she's pent up. It's all pent up. It's just like boiling up. It's just ready to explode, you know. So, in regards to consecration, we know the do- the definition. Rye was gracious enough to look it up prior to recording the episode because they are the, who they are. Um, <laughs> So I want to just an academic. She is an academic. She's a scholar. Um, I just want to talk about the um, ways of consecration. There are different aspects of consecration, how to consecrate, yeah. what to consecrate, and um, what that actually means. Like, what does that do? 
Yeah. Well, I, I want to break the misconception that consecration, one, has to be su- something like super lengthy and super ritualistic because it really does it. As like Vogue and I were just saying, you know, consecrating their wigs or consecrating my veils doesn't always have to go through this lengthy ass process. And it's not something that a religious authority has to do. It's something uh, anyone can do because it's just the simply the act of making something holy or, or making it for a specific holy purpose. So um, you can consecrate something just to make it holy, or you can consecrate something in the name or for the purpose of another spirit. And you can even consecrate yourself to a spirit, which it's so fascinating because when you think of Catholicism, you don't think of spiritual packs or making packs with spirits but like for example Mm -hmm. what i did with mary back in 2021 when i consecrated myself to guadalupe that's essentially making a pact that you are in um it's making a pact with that spirit and that you are you're under their protection that you give everything to them in return that they intercede for you for whatever you ask and are your is your patron Mm -hmm. um and it's cool because you can consecrate yourself to multiple spirits. Like there's a consecration to Mary, to St. Joseph, her husband, uh, to St. Michael. I found one to St. Raphael. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a consecration for every single saint or or figure or spirit out there. But I mean, for the major ones like Mary and Joseph or especially St. Michael, um, there's consecrations that exist for that. But it's just cool because like when you think of Catholicism, you don't think spiritual packs, but we got those. Well, they actually, I mean, to be totally to be totally transparent, your baptism is kind of a spiritual pact. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're being consecrated to to God. Exactly. Basically. Yeah, it's literally. I mean, I don't want to put it into these words, but you're basically selling yourself. You're selling your soul to yeah. to to a body. To you're selling. Well, you know, to be. I'm going to be a little bit more transparent and say, like, really, you're you're selling your soul to the church. Um, we were pimped out to God against our own will. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to even go uh, as far as saying that you were pimped out to God. You know, I want to say you were pimped out to an institutionalized body. But that is a, a conversation that I don't want to have right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, there there are spiritual packs we, that we do. We do it every single fucking day, every single time we open our mouth to pray. It is a pack that we pro- we we make promises every single day to to lead the life that we want to lead, um, to be good people, to, I mean, whatever you're praying for. I'm not here to tell you what you should or shouldn't be praying for. Um, so something that I, um, I know that the Rai just spoke about their consecration to Guadalupe in 2000, uh, 2021, but something that I did that I really fucking loved. And, um, I still have it written down. I haven't written it down yet. Um, but I should is consecrating my effigies or my, my, my statues. I did this whole thing that I actually posted a video maybe like a year and a half ago, I want to say it's on my Instagram somewhere where I demonstrated how I consecrated my statue that I got from of, of, um, of Mary that was gifted to me. Um, and I did this whole thing where I washed, like I did some, like a spiritual wash over the statue itself. Like I put it in like this big bowl and I, I don't know this idea of like, you know, like the idea of like, um, like the disciples washing Christ's feet or watching like washing each other's feet. Mm-hmm. What kept popping into my head when I was thinking of how I was going to consecrate the statue. So I did something in like kind of in the same vein of that, where I washed the uh, I, I washed the statue in like a bowl of water that I, that I blessed myself that I, that I, um, that I infused with holy water, Florida water, um, rose, um i think i I put a little bit of angelica and no not angelica um jasmine 
um because my mom has a jasmine plant outside it's really pretty oh i'm so jealous Mm -hmm. i have i have i have jasmine i have white jasmine in in my backyard all the time um so and i kind of use the water to wash over the statue and then i lit some candles with little petitions and sigils on the bottom of the floating candles and i put it in the water and i let the candles burn and that's how i that's how i consecrated my 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 statue to mary and then i did the same thing to my statue to saint michael and um the statue that i have for um saint anthony and in that process of doing that hours long um ritual or um ceremony i guess you would say um i have imbued my spiritual power my spirit my spirit into these images you know i did the work and i prayed over it and i did what i felt was a sacred sacred um process or a sacred ritual and I imbued those, I, I kind of initiated those statues into my practice. I brought it into my practice, right? I consecrated it and made them sacred to me, right? Um, and this statue that I have, y'all have seen it on my on my story a million times. I bring it to me to events. It is part of my altar always at my events. It is a very, very effective statue. Um, uh, the statue is imbued with... with um, like I've prayed to it for psychic abilities. I prayed to it to bring forth um, very, very good intuition. I've prayed to it to bring customers and it's very, very effective. So, you know, to consecrate, you're not necessarily giving it a job that's different. Like, I don't think that's the same thing, but to consecrate it, to call it holy or to call it sacred is the act of consecration. And I've done it with amulets before or like just pendants where I've set it on fire And then I do a little thing, a little prayer over it, and I set candles in front of it. I let the candles burn out. And then at the end of it, it is fully consecrated. It is fully ready to to use. And there are people who don't don't even go that far. They just set it in a bed of salt. They bury it in a bed of salt. And in the morning, it's done. It's, It's... boom, boom, you know, it's, it's just, it's so it's, it could be just that simple. So you can really go as far as doing whatever you feel like is appropriate for you and what you have the means for to be able to call something sacred and, 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 um, bring forth that magic, you know? Yeah. And like, like you said, that's a beautiful consecration ritual that you went through that was extremely intricate. Whereas recently I've been furthering my relationship and devotion to St. Michael, the Archangel, um, or I like to say Mikael, kind of like closer to the Hebrew pronunciation. And I have a, um, an Archangel Mikael incense uh, blend from Hoodoo Moses. And so I would just simply burn that. And he even says in the description for the incense that you can just use the smoke to cleanse yourself in spaces or put something through the smoke in order to consecrate it to mm. St. Mm-hmm. Mikael and under his protection. So like I have the chaplet of St. Mikael, um, some sigils of his. Uh, I have actually relic stones of his from Mount Gargano um, and a prayer card and a uh, novena candle to St. Mikael. And so I ran all of those through the Archangel Mikael temple incense and that was as simple as I needed to get to to consecrate those things to him because I know that blend was ritually prepared by by Hudu Moses, who was a fantastic conjure man. And that just the power within that and his dedication to Archangel Mikael was mm-hmm. simple enough to burn that, that I could just consecrate whatever I needed to to St. Mikael just by simply running it through the smoke. And I did some other prayers and other devotionals as well, but that just goes to show that your consecration could be as intricate as what Voga did to consecrate his Guadalupe statue to something as simple as just running it through the smoke with the intention of dedicating this item or object to a specific saint or spirit. Yep. 
Yeah. And it's very effective. He's like, you carry these, you carry these, these objects or yourself, um, you know, as holy objects or holy beings, um, sacred. Um, so, and then also at the same time, it's like, I think things just kind of inherently become sacred because you say mm-hmm. it is and you feel like it is like doing a whole, yeah. like, just like your altar. It's like, you don't necessarily, I don't necessarily get rosary. Yeah. The rosary. Like imagine just like the, like if you have one specific rosary, you pray for like 20 plus years or like a Nona or Lola who has the same rosary from like however long ago that yeah. she had it to the day that she died and prays with it every day. You're going to tell right. me that even though she wasn't consecrating it intentionally, that praying with it every single day with intention didn't just imbue it already with sacred energy 100%. and consecrate it naturally. Oh, 100%. I think that like the, it's more specific where um, like when you say consecrate, you actually like directly consecrate something where it's like mm-hmm. this is consecrated to something sacred but like things are sacred all the time you say things are sacred all the time because you believe it is you know i'm walking down i'm I'm taking a hike you know and i see a beautiful tree that i really really like and the tree starts talking to me that's a sacred tree you know it's it, it there's there's there is um some room there in regards to how it's defined and i think that mm-hmm. i don't want to put us i don't want to put everything in just like you know a box in a box yeah and say that this is the way this is how it's defined and this is what is consecrated and what isn't you know like you know be loose with it and be you know have fun with it and you know anything could be consecrated if you really really want it to be um what are your views on like lay people (laughs) like because you know something that's very specific in regards to consecration or blessing something is that you know the clergy has to perform it um do you feel like there are things that maybe shouldn't be um done or touched or blessed unless it was done by um someone who belongs to the church Mm, that's a really good question and i'm struggling to come up with an answer to that at the moment like hmm i think it, it operates on a continuum right i'm not saying like a priest inherently has more power than a lay person but i think when you whether it's within the context of christianity catholicism or any spiritual or religious tradition it really depends on how much time and energy a person has dedicated to their own spiritual and religious growth that allows them to consecrate something to a certain extent. So I wouldn't say that like, like a lay person in a general sense couldn't consecrate something, but it's more so like, what have you done within yourself and within your practice that has allowed you to contemplate and understand what it is that you're consecrating? Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think, I think that makes sense. But I think where I stand in regards to something like that is if you're doing a ritual where you're consecrating yourself to a spirit, respect that ritual, (laughs) you Mm. know, do that ritual, like that ritual that, um, that is laid out, you know, there are things that are concrete in Catholicism. I'm not saying be fluid with everything just because I'm saying be fluid. I'm I, What I'm saying is try it. Like, if you want to be fluid with something, then try it and see if it works. But there are things that you should respect. There are things that, there, you know, you, you should go about doing because it is something that people have done before, you know. So, um, you know, a consecration to, let's say, for example, Mary through through a whole process, through a whole 40-day process or a month process, do it, like do it the way it's supposed to be done. Um, you know, w- 
with there are things that you could change in my opinion like if there's a prayer in that consecration that you don't like then change it you know uh, make it so that it fits you better but like the whole like the the journey of doing the consecration is just important is is just as important as the consecration itself right so respect mm -hmm. it in that in that in that um in that way because there is value there. There is merit there. Um, these spirits recognize those things because they've seen it for generations. So do it, do it the way that folks have done it before. Respect it in that way. You know, um, do I think that you should do it verbatim, regardless of how you feel about what someone is saying or how the prayer is being taught or whatever? No, change it if if, if it makes you feel uncomfortable. You know, um, but do you know? I think that's also really good practice to to be able to do something that the way it's written um and to do those things those do those pilgrimages do those do the work um that you're supposed to do that part is just as important the journey to getting to the end goal is just as important as the end goal so you know do it mm. the way it's supposed mm -hmm. to be done mm -hmm. yeah yeah i love i love that that the journey to the end goal is just as important as the end Wait. goal itself yeah, as the end goes off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, as beautifully said. I think that's also just the way that you should approach anything, anything within your spiritual practice. Like you figuring it out is just as important as actually figuring it out. Um, you know, so just try to. But like I said, also on the on the other side of things, like if you want to be fluid with something, if you want to try something new, then try it. You know. Yeah. I'm not here to tell you not to just, I've done it a million times and it's worked in some, you know, in some way, um, in some way or another, like there is, for example, I tried this new spell with, um, with my, with my friend, Jeff, who's going through some stuff right now. And I kind of like, I kind of condensed everything that's going on in their life and put it into one big spell. And mm. a lot of it didn't work because I think there was too many things happening at the same time. Right. And there wasn't a focus right but i was trying to in encourage the spirits my spirits and also jeff's spirits to work together to try to expedite everything that was going on and i think what happened and i actually told my friend where i was like i think we have to do it again because um, i think we did too much at once and because some parts of what we wanted happened and some parts didn't so it's kind of like 50 right. 50. so i think the spirits were just like no no no, no. we need to deal with this first because it's making room for what you have to do next, you know? So, mm -hmm. you know, that's, those are things that you, you just have to kind of, you know, fuck around and try out, I mean, uh, fuck around and find out. That's just part of magic. <laughs> yeah. That's, trial and error. Yeah. It's all trial and error. So if you want to fucking consecrate this whole, like your whole body into this spirit, also the importance of consecrating yourself to a spirit, you're making sure that is a contract. That right. is a contract that you probably will not have the grace to break so you have to make sure that you're that's mm -hmm. the reason why rye did that consecration and i didn't is because i don't think i wanted to i didn't think at that time i didn't want to because i wasn't ready to make the commitment right i'm in a much better place now <laughs> so I think I'm, <laughs> I'm much more ready to do it now than i was before because then like rye has like a totally different background than i do right grew up catholic like i wasn't there yet like i was still figuring these things out you know i was still figuring yeah. out this current and how this all worked so but be very very careful this regardless of whether it's catholic or not just because it's catholic doesn't necessarily mean this is a contract that you should break this is a promise that you're making to spirits 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those contracts are impo- so important. So don't go into right. making doing a consecration of the self to a spirit without knowing that this is a contract that you shouldn't, you probably shouldn't be breaking. Yeah, like for instance, like if I wanted to like rescind and break the the spiritual contract of having consecrated to myself to Mary, that I think I probably could because Mary is just known to be ever forgiving and ever compassionate. But when like, for instance, I declared myself a devotee of La Santa Muerte, like that's something that is lifelong. And that's not something you get out of by choice. Like La Santa Muerte has to agree to it or to stop being a devotee, La Santa Muerte needs to come to you and say like, hey, I think it's time for me to like step out of your life. But it's not something that you get to call yourself a devotee one year, dabble for a year, and then the next year be like, eh, I don't think this is for me because there will be spiritual repercussions. You don't get to contractually devote yourself to death and then expect to just be able to leave that relationship on your own free will. Yeah, but at the same time, like even though you feel like you could leave uh, some sort of contractual relationship with Mary, doesn't necessarily mean you sh- you sh- just just the just because you can doesn't necessarily mean you should. Oh, and I don't want to. I'm just saying. No, I I'm... feel like like in regards to a spirit who I feel like would be more forgiving in that sense of of rescinding kind of that devotion and contractual relationship. Like Mary is one who, who one... may be more forgiving. I agree. Whereas like even even just Saint Michael, like even if it's Saint Michael who is known to be a fierce protector, like he can also be a very fierce spirit. Where like rescinding that protection from him, like you better be ready for the repercussions of Absolutely. that because he can protect you like extremely fiercely if you Absolutely. decide to dedicate that time and devotion to him. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree with you in the sense that, yeah, it would probably be easier for you to rescind a, a contract that you made with Mary or consecration that you made with Mary, but don't go into thinking that you, because you can do that. You have an out because you feel like that's the case. Like, because right. just in case I don't want to do this anymore, I could just like break my promise. Like, would you do that? You know, would you do that to somebody like to someone that you love? And you pro- mm-hmm. like, if you promise that to your mom, you know, like I promise that I'm going to be whatever, you know, devoted to, you know, whatever, to a family member or whatever, like just because you feel like you can and they'll forg- they're, they're going to forgive you for it. Do you feel like you should, you know, just because you can doesn't necessarily mean you should go into it thinking that you're going you're you're in it for the long run you know you're in for you're in for it you're in it for the 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 commitment you know um don't just be consecrating yourself just because you feel like you should you know or Mm -hmm. because you could because you can do it do it because you want to do it because you should do it because there's a reason for you to do it you know it goes back to the whole thing is like before you start casting anything you have to ask yourself why Mm -hmm. why do you want to do this why do you want to do a b and c make sure you're doing it for the right reasons um, and, uh, knowing that I couldn't commit to it was reason enough for me to know that I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it right now because it wouldn't be fair to me. It wouldn't be fair to my spirits. And also it would make it a lot. It just wouldn't make any sense because consecration is a promise. Consecration is a contract. Con- you know, those, those things are, are supposed to be in a way set in stone. So mm-hmm. treat it like that. Um, and I've said this before in, in past episode, I think it was the elements episode where you should treat spirits like they're fire (laughs) you should treat spirits as if they're going to burn your fucking house down so don't break promises okay don't go into any relationship think that just in case i do break a promises they're they're probably going to forgive me don't give them a reason to forgive you in the first place like don't Mm -hmm. put yourself in that position because why are you doing it if that's just because you could is it for your own ego to think that you can do it yeah. And like spirits talk. So also what, how is that going to reflect on you when you want to go make maybe like a contract with a crossroad spirit, but that crossroad spirit 
you know, you never know if it's talked to your spiritual court, your ancestors, and they're already being like, well, be careful with this person because they're known to break their promises or want to rescind their contracts. Like what you have, your actions, your actions have consequences. Or at the same time, if you, if you have a spiritual contract with a, with the spirit that you've asked to protect you and you're not, you're not holding your part of the bargain, they're going to let their guard down. They're going to be like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I need to teach this person a lesson. This person has not been keeping up with what they promised me. I need them to, I'm going to, I'm going to let the guard down a little bit. I'm going to open the, I'm going to open the gate. Let's see what happens because this is like, this is a good way for them to really kind of pay attention again, you know? So, you know, pay, pay attention to those currents. They're very, very important. (laughs) Absolutely. They're not there for no reason, you know? Okay, everyone, thank you so much for being with us today. I am so excited to say that we are going into our post show. So if you have not yet done so, please, I encourage folks to join our Patreon um, because we are now going to go into our post show. Um, And uh, with that said, my name is Voga. I am Voga Lumicente on Instagram. And I'm Raya, a.k.a. The Mestizo Mystic on Instagram or just at Mestizo Mystic on Twitter, which I'm still, as of this recording, on my social media hiatus, but I pop in here and there, so <laughs> I'm always watching. If y'all want to like send a message to Raya, just DM me and I'll let them know, okay? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and we will see you guys on our next Unholy Communion.